Now you're very welcome back. We've been talking about farming and farming practices and meat eating and all that. And someone says, Brendan says, after several years of becoming increasingly concerned about global farming practices, Kira, I became a locavore in 2017, which means I still eat meat and fish, but only that which I hunt or catch myself. I'm fortunate to live in an idyllic south coastal Kerry area where there is an abundant natural larder. I regularly eat venison, rabbit, pigeon, and I catch fish in the Kenmare Bay all year round. I understand this isn't an option for many people, but this conversation has led me to eating less, not more meat, and has given me a deeper appreciation of and respect for everything that makes it onto my plate. As an unexpected bonus, I get to help my neighbours out too, who are predominantly beef farmers, control unwanted pest species on their farms. I suppose you would if you were if you were eating things like um, hares or ra- are rabbits pests. I don't even know if they are. But look, thank you for that, and thank you for all your um, your interaction and all your texts and all your comments. I did say we would get to anti-abortion election manifestos. I think we're going to have to one of our listeners wanted us to. I think we're going to have to push that into unscripted tomorrow. Uh, Do get your scripted uh, unscripted topics into us at lunchtime live at newstalk.com because we're just out of time on that today because Paul Merriman the wonderful Paul Merriman has just walked into the studio and uh, he is going to be talking now about people who maybe feel a little bit overwhelmed by the paperwork or by financial advice or the jargon around pensions and he's going to talk us through uh, the important of pensions and what people should or should not be doing to get one or if they have one already. Paul, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Kerry. Uh, yeah, so look, I suppose the best part of the to, to way to start this off is that we're really starting a campaign and ask Paul Doddy about people not ticking the box without getting financial advice. So what do I mean by that? If you're someone who has an old occupational pension plan, you may have got a letter out from the trustees that give you generally four options of what to do with that pension. Please, please, please do not just tick the box without getting financial advice, whether it be from myself or as Paul or from any other financial advisor in the country. The four options have a massive difference on how you're taxed, how it's treated on debt and how your finances are going to be for your retirement age. And will that be spelled out in the letter no, at all, Paul? No, not necessarily. Uh, and sometimes they use things like guaranteed pensions. The guaranteed pension news rates are sometimes great, sometimes not so good, especially when it comes into the tax bracket. So there's an array of things that you need to consider. But just to touch on them briefly for, a, for people, one of the main things is how the treatment of these pensions are on debt. One of the questions I get all the time when I'm setting up a pension for somebody is how is it treated? if I die before retirement age it goes tax free to your spouse tax free to your state in general circumstances if you go before you retire or draw down from your pension care now if you go after that if you've drawn down say your 25% tax free cash you retired from a work scheme then it gets treated slightly differently on debt alright so again again you get into the tax implications if you're someone that's already in the higher rate of income tax uh, before retirement it's great or after retirement if your pension is going to give you enough income to stay in the higher rate of income tax along with maybe rental income or maybe the state pension you mightn't need that high of a guaranteed income because it might all go to the tax man what, what happens Paul to somebody say say a, a, a widow and she's 50 and her husband was 55 and he was still in employment but maybe he has a public sector pension yeah. he wasn't drawing it down yet because he hadn't reached that age but he's been paying into yeah, it all his so life what happens to people like so that so the general rule if it's in a company pension plan it will go to four times the fund value four times the salary of the husband just before he died so say he was on 50 grand they're going to get 200 grand out of the pension fund if there's 200 grand as there's, a lump sum as a lump sum at and the debt. remainder goes yeah on his debt and the remainder goes small pill. now what happens here is if you've left 
work, okay? Say you left an occupational pension scheme. You can transfer those benefits into your own name and your own bonds, okay? And that's treated more favorably on death than if it was in the work scheme. So I know this sounds a bit complicated on the radio, but the main thing we're trying to put out here is that you need to get a financial advisor. You need to talk to somebody about the implications that each of the four options you get on old pensions are. Because like I said, I've seen people just tick boxes, send back application forms to the trustees and be in a well worse off situation than if they had just left it there in some instances like you know so it's very very important to get the advice and the next thing you get all the time is sorry just people saying how do we set up a pension what's the best pension to go for uh, the economy has turned people have got an extra few quid in their wages at the end of the month not saying for everybody but some people are asking an employer has to give you access to what's called a, if you don't have an occupational pension scheme or a work pension the employer has to give you access to what's called a PRSA a personal retirement savings account which allows you to put money in through your wages so you get automatic tax relief into that PRSA okay which is like a personal retirement savings which is a personal pension and you can move a personal pension from job to job they're quite handy if you're self-employed but if you're self-employed they're generally fair what's called a personal pension slightly different contract and you pay them through your own bank account and you get tax relief in October loads of questions coming in for you Paul someone says hi Paul is there a way to withdraw from my pension which is also part of my employment contract so somebody wants to opt out of it can you do that no no you can't again going back to the scheme you have left an occupational pension scheme and you transferred your own name with that bond I was talking about earlier on you can access that from 50 and take 24% uh, 24 tax free cash out of 50 which is a great option but if you're still in the pension and still in the employment no you can't do anything you'd have to have left it it's just there someone says I left a large company recently and I had a pension pot of 105 grand built up Mm -hmm. It is with a large pension service and it earned 7,000 in the last year with no contributions made by me. Mm-hmm. Should I leave it with them? Should I move it uh, uh, and be looked after by my financial advisor at a slightly higher fee? I'm 50. I do have a new pension in my new company, but I want to keep my old and my new pension separate. You can keep your old and your new separate. That listener can uh, transfer that to their own name into a bond, like I said. They can actually add 50. As I just said, they can take 25% of that 100-odd K out, so 25 grand tax-free cash. If they wanted to do that, uh, that would obviously impact what they might have an outstanding loan or you might need it, it might be better off being cleared or maybe reduce their mortgage slightly under the full circumstances. You need to get, and this is where it comes very, very, very important when you're getting the financial advisors. You need to make sure your financial advisor is going to do some type of cash flow analysis to see what impact the decision you make has in your short, medium and long term cash flow. I know it sounds a bit, I don't know, maybe waffly or something, but it really needs to be done. You can't just make the decision without seeing the impact it has short, medium and long term. So uh, there's a lot of good systems out there, cash calc and void, a lot of financial advisors use them. So make sure your advisors use one of those tools and they are they should be able to tell you exactly what you should what you could be should be should be doing with that money you know uh, and as always any questions just for the month was it ask Paul cool someone says Paul I'm 43 next month and all things going well I'm going to be working until I'm 68 mm-hmm. I've been contributing into my DC pension since I was 25 and as of this morning my fund is worth 205,000 euros Great. I'm lucky enough that the high risk fund I've invested in has returned an average of 9% PA since I joined and I'm currently contributing 400 per month to the fund Great. I'm wondering if it's now time to reduce or cancel my contributions and start living for today this is 43 years of age remember uh, using an online pel- pension calculator if I don't contribute anything extra and let the fund compound at 9 the fund will be 9 900 grand when I'm 68. The 400 per month now would help a lot more than an extra 100 grand in 30 years time. Thanks for your time. I'm a massive believer in living for now as well, especially if you have a big fund, so I'd nearly agree with that listener. The one, one problem I have with what they've said is that 9% growth is way, like it's been, the, 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 the last 10 years have been phenomenal in the stock market uh, because of the massive crash we had in 2007. That's probably not going to be an average, uh, for out, an, an average of 9%. You're probably looking at, if he's in high risk, you're going to de-risk maybe at 50, 55 years of age as well. 
well. Let's bring that down to six, and then that 900 grand future value becomes a lot less as well. Uh, so you're using slightly too high of an assumption, in my opinion. But look, again, there's no point in contributing to something if you're struggling now. You know, I am a big believer of people making sure they're, they're now, especially if you have young kids or you have a mortgage, and you still have 20 years to get it right. So you could de-risk or you should start paying for maybe a few years uh, and then pick up the payments again in three, four or five years' time if you want it. And loads of time to sort it out. Totally brilliant. Thank you for coming in. That is Paul Merriman from AskPaul.ie with all great advice on pensions there and uh, thank you very much thank for you. that indeed. Uh, last text on Helena Christensen. Kira, if I looked like Helena Christensen, I would not be wearing a bustier. I'd be waltzing around in my brain birthday suit on that note I love it uh, I'm afraid we're out of time here on Lunchtime Live Moncrief is up next do stay tuned um, we will be back with Lunchtime Live and Unscripted tomorrow at 12 so help me out with that one uh, Michael Quilligan on town Claire Darmody Emma Cawley and Kira Courtney are the team and thank you to them once again as ever and thank you also to our 100,000 listeners we got our Jane Laura's today and thank you so much for coming on for being the show for making the show and for making me very happy and for me Kira, have a lovely day Thank you for listening.